know from Caddyshack. And he oh, got that nice him. Irish girl pregnant. Isn't he married to, uh, or was married to a country star? Bonnie Raitt, of all people. I'll oh. be right back. I just have to let the dogs in because, unfortunately, Mutiny Radio Studio will not open the door for me. Hold on. I know. That's a terror. Well, we are setting up here in a mansion, a nice little airless movie. This is directed by Richard Lester, who, of course, made those delightful Beatle movies and those less delightful Superman sequels. But he has a very deft touch. The Knack's a good movie. I like that movie. I saw that. I like his Beatles movies. Help is funny. So this is kind of like a uh, parading down Broadway movie as the jokes will be <laughs> parading down Broadway. Carl, don't you think the jokes will be Pamela St Stevenson? And what we're seeing right now is a sort of break-in, but the truth is it's the daughter and a lover, and they know right where the safe is, and they know the codes, and they're going to sure. take a bunch of money. As a matter of fact, it'll be $5 million. and that's $5 million in 1984 dollars, so... You know, right. it's pretty pretend money because it's the script any old way. So it's worth zero real dollars. They're going to heist it right now. Look, she's got to hold the bag. She would make a lousy deal or no deal uh, spokeswoman. <laughs> the joke that happened here is she was like ready to, oh, my lover, and kiss him and have a passionate moment. And he's like, come on, come on, open the safe. Uh, she's still trying to seduce him? Seduce is not the word. They're already together. She's trying to be romantic, and he's just not interested. And you're right. This is Pamela Stevenson. Um, she, Sorry, I had to hear what music was playing. There they go in their already rich person's car, but they're stealing $5 million. Ooh, um, is that Jim Carrey? No. Jim Carrey will show up, though. But well, his name showed up. It's in the credits. Yup. Don't get excited for him. It's his second film ever, and he has a... It isn't a bit part, but it kind of is. You'll see. He does okay, but you don't know he's a talented person. He just does his job, which is to... His character is like a dummy. So he just acts like... What, what was his first movie? Twice. Oh. Um, his... All, All in Good Taste, 1983, was his first movie. Now, Ooh, I did, yeah, you think that's one of those sketch comedy show movies? I, yeah, that, that's the thing. I, I did not research Jim Carrey. We all know who he is and so much about him. So I didn't look it up. We so didn't I don't know what kind of film it deal. was or his history. You know, the elevator pitch, they, that's how they got the music. They were in the elevator and they heard the music and they said, perfect. Open credits. <laughs> The only thing I looked up for Jim Carrey was what was he doing exactly at the second this film was made? What he was Oakland. doing. Hey, there's Mr. Sandwich. This is Oakland. I guess this is the Greyhound or the. Uh... Okay. This is pretending to be Oakland, California, but the okay. truth is it's Alberta, Canada. Interesting because I've been to the train station in Oakland and uh, I can't place it. Well, I was going to bring that up to you because we're going to see the train station um and it's sign and everything and and you, you're gonna probably laugh because it's certainly not Oakland, california well it's a famous station it's where jack london square uh is and they have mm -hmm. a, a long uh street perpendicular to the pier and there's a tr you know a train uh 
Amtrak's on that street in Long Beach. Gotcha. But there's there's an Amtrak nearby there. Like if you're in San Francisco and you're like, oh, I am cosmopolitan. I would like to take an Amtrak from San Francisco. <laughs> you would go on a bus and the bus would take you to Oakland. Mm-hmm. And from Oakland, that's the same with Greyhound. Uh, the Greyhound will take you to uh, the start of the, the bus line in Oakland. No, I think it stops off there. But I, I've taken the Amtrak. I, you know, the train, you had to go take a bus over there. But it's fun. It's a beautiful spot. So he's managing a roller derby crew. Yeah. Okay. So we're meeting Michael O'Keefe here. His name is Michael Rangeloff. And what he is is like uh, a sort of, he's not really a con man or something. He's just going from odd job to odd job, trying to scam people and do stuff. And currently, yeah, he's the coach of a rollerball team, you know, and he like, get, uh, sorry, roller. No, rollerball. That came, that came must have existed back in 84. Well, the movie was out. Everyone knew Rollerball, right? Yeah, there was two movies. There was a remake. Uh, yeah, there was, yeah. Yeah. So this is in between remake, uh, in between movies. Rollerball. I really enjoyed the first one. I thought it was really good. And it had Sonny from Godfather in it. Yeah, right. It had a lot of solar uh, rollerballs. I don't like solar ball babies. So, uh, Oh, have you ever seen All the Marbles? Wasn't that a... No, that was a wrestling movie with Peter Falk. No, I didn't. Do you recommend it for my DVD? No. Drew, Drew Barrymore is in a good movie called Whip It. I would recommend that. And that's with uh, Andrew... Uh, okay. Wilson. Whip It. Really? Andrew Wilson from Church Ball is in Whip It. And it's about oh. Drew Barrymore joining a roller boogie, a roller disco derby. Okay. Team. I'll check it out. And there if you was see, a... uh, look at that, comedic, entering Oakland. So is this really Oakland? No, it's Alberta, Canada. Look at that tower there. You ever see that in Oakland? No, i never seen that pointy tower. i <laughs> <laughs> never seen a house like that. Okay, oh, no, here so... is like, now it's a crime scene. And so the cops will be there and the FBI will come in. Look, I got to try to get this dog in again. I'm sorry. There not, we go. Now, this is not California. No, this is North Carolina, right? Didn't they, they announce where the house was? Oh, look at this. The same actor that's playing the... He's, he's late for Felix and Oscar's poker game. You don't think that cop is like an husband and everything? I think so. Oh, no, I got an ad. Jeepers Creepers. No, I didn't get an ad. It's just the same movie. It just switched. We're at a church. Maybe it's an ad for Jesus Christ. Hey, okay, movie I'm patrons. Back. They're both inside now. My wife's in Florida. My kid is sleeping. Everything's cool. Oh, you got the dogs in? You yeah, did, right? You got the dogs in? And then uh, your, your kids are quote unquote sleeping and uh, your wife is quote unquote at a, at a business meeting. No, she's in Florida because there was a passing and two of the kids are at college. It's just the one boy upstairs sleeping and stop making me a quote unquote guy. <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's Jim Carrey. So there, he's on the run from the rollerball team. Meanwhile, they're investigating that 
robbery, okay? And these two things will come together and marry each other on a train. Okay, that makes no sense. So an Oakland uh, roller derby uh, embezzler and uh, con men stealing money from their, okay, they're gonna meet on a train, I got you. Why don't you say that sooner? Yeah, guys, well, letting the movie do the talking. You know, this is Ayn Rand's least favorite train movie, followed by Atlas Shrugged, part one, two, and three. So now, you know, he's he's got a moment of reprise, and it's going to turn into a situation in which he's basically sleeping with a woman in the bath upstairs. That's how slick he is. That's Brian Dennehy, right? That is Michael O'Keefe. No, not Michael O'Keefe, the guy in the blue suit. Uh-oh. I don't know what minute you're at. Uh, I'll pause it. That's the only way I can do it. No, I'm at 210. Two minutes and oh. 10 seconds? Yeah, wait, why is that like that? Mike, I'm going to have to kill you. We're going to have to start the episode over. Oh, no. You know what? It, it switched. It switched to Jim Carrey... Yeah, we got to do this another time. All right, I'm stopping the, I'm pausing. Oh, right. Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, we are back in sync at 1036. <laughs> yep. Oh, is this a, a move over Knives Out, right? Didn't Knives Out try to be as funny as this movie? I don't know Knives Out. This guy was in, um, he played a sitcom where him and his wife switched places, right? Um, the guy on the left, the, the police officer is John Shook. John Shook, yeah. Star Trek connection. And the guy on the right was on the Bob Newhart show. What was his Star Trek connection? Um, he was in, um, uh, he was a Klingon. In oh brother, here it is. He was the Klingon ambassador in the Voyage Home, which was the fourth episode with the whales. And then he was back as the same guy in Star Trek V. He also was in Deep Space Nine once and Voyager once. Oh, and that shows Star Trek F Enterprise, which was probably Scott Bakula's vehicle. Yeah, at a certain point, I got lost. I think. We just watched her give him a blowjob, right, underneath the bathtub? Yeah, that's right. That's how slick he is. He's got his way into this woman's bed. But she was willing to do it. Now, he was at the scene of the crime. He had bumbled like an idiot. So now he's coming home to, you know, get on new clothes. And, of course, he will discover... His wife in bed with another man. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. It's a very wet bed. Water now, this movie is takes place in 1973, even though it's an 84 film, because it's Vietnam era. And they're on a waterbed. Waterbeds were very popular in the 70s. Oh, yeah, sure. They're so hard. Like, I don't know what to do when they get soft. I mean, is there something I need to add? If your waterbed is soft, you probably need to put it in the freezer Okay. Or lower the air conditioning in your room to sub-zero 
yeah, you needed to, it, it's a freezing process. You know, I like to get the millennial uh, waterbed that comes in a box and you open it up and it opens up. And, and you just put the entire waterbed mattress in a box. It's incredible. And you sync it to your phone and. You sync it to your phone. Oh, oh look, caught. you can't hold the breath. Caught. Caught. Look at that chest. That's a classic 80s, 70s chest. Just nondescript. Oh, it's a cop. They're doing this dumb ploy that he's the plumber's son. And okay, I think it's all fixed. There's spider webs in this bathroom? Really? Yeah. yeah. Look, like behind them. Oh, those are spider plants. <laughs> well, uh, it's so funny. It's a gun up his butt. We've all been there, am I right? <laughs> oh, my God. That's the least favorite part of these hot tubs. Hot bath. Hello. Oh, look at that Yakuza tattoo on the back of his uh, back. Giant dragon. Kwai Chow Chang. Really holding up that uh, police car. He was a Sholin. Right. He was nice enough to hold up that police car for them. Is this still Michael O'Keefe? Yeah. We're getting backstory like, you know, a man named Century. You know, we're like learning about you came from a foster home. Like we're learning backstory. Oh, good. Yeah. Because once we're on the train, it's all, all systems go. <laughs> Well, Sentry, the guy they're referring to, that's a person's name, Sentry. He will show up later. So they're setting us up for that. Oh, Sentry worked at the foster home? Yeah, well, he was also a member of the foster home, but he had like 12 years on this, on Michael O'Keefe. So he was like a mentor kind of guy in like yeah. being a con man. And now we're seeing a flashback of it at the orphanage. Are you okay, Michael O'Keefe? Michael Let me pick you up. And I might happen to be Lewis Gossett Jr. Great. Wow. Would you it's take a picture of us? Yeah. So he they're both in the foster home and he picked them up. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you mean picked them up. Well, he got them out of trouble and lifted them. In his yeah. arms. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he picked him up. With his arms. You're so literal. Uh-oh. Oh, hiding from uh -oh. the roller. Roller derbyist. Yeah. Six o'clock. Crash. Oh, my goodness. Maybe uh -oh. our hero will take advantage of this to run away. As if the back door of a cop car would be unlocked. It might in 1984. They don't really know. It's Reagan's America. 73, 73, it was Nixon's America. Oh, 73, right, right. And in Oakland, boy, you know, you got all those. Now, they've got the money that they stole in a hearse, and this is their cover, okay? Oh, it's uh, in the hearse, the $5 driver million. Guy and the, uh, $5 million is in the hearse. Driver guy and grieving widow. That's a perfect scam. Oh, it's going to work. It reminds me of Sting, because what a great Sting. Last episode was, no, when was that? Yeah, it was a couple episodes. Brimstone and Treacle, that was last month, I guess. Yeah, just listen to it. 
Army Navy store. But it's a hippie in the Army Navy store. So he's got a watch that's worth money. So he wants to hawk it for clothes. Meanwhile, here we are at Oakland train station. And clearly from yeah. all the years in Oakland, you can see that it's Oakland train station. It has to be real Oakland, right? Why would they, they actually bought a train, uh, sign? Yeah, they bought a sign that says Oakland. <laughs> this uh, is Alberta, Canada. This is Alberta, Canada. It's, um, Leith so he got clothes, but it's Army Navy store, so all he has, all they have are uniforms. Right. So he's going to even wear the McDonald's hat. He is stealing some valor. So I won't list them all, but there's a bunch of cities in the province of Alberta. That's where this is shot, and it was the second one for this director because he had just finished Superman three in Alberta. Superman three, hot off the heels, nineteen eighty three. Mm -hmm. Dick Lester was our director. Lois, this food is delicious. Clark, you're eating dog food. <laughs> yeah, there it is, Oakland. It says Oakland. So so it must be true. Is it Amtrak or is it like, Am I can't see with the pixels. It's called Amrail. So they don't even have like well right because there's not a monopoly. There's the but there's the uh, Harry Krishna's on the train station. Yes, that's right. And this yeah. he's trying to sell him a book about George Harrison. It'll change your life. Interesting. Is there a callback? They introduced the novel of George Harrison in the first act. No. Now he's a pretend military guy, and he just walked into Oakland with her. There's a lot of military guys. Look, they're even playing dice. There was Port of Oakland. There was a naval base, right, or army base. I did. Uh, I was down there and saw the theater there. It was beautiful. You know, like the Presidio, the military was there until the eighties, basically. Uh -huh. you know, maybe Mark Harmon's movie, The Presidio, and then MPs are coming. Everybody, clear out of here. Look at this comedy just parades down Broad Street. Now remember, he's a civilian in a cost in a right stolen valor. Now look, you see the flag. He left it, but he didn't leave it. It's not his. It's those other guys who ran away. So the MPs are like, "This your flag?" And he goes, "Yeah." So he goes and gets it, and the MPs think that something's wrong. Something's wrong, so they want to follow him to check him out. Right. Well, maybe it's because he's wearing uh, a McDonald's hat. Even to him from the Army Navy hippie. The Army Navy hippie gave him a uniform. So he quickly sees a coffin. So he says to the guy, stop. And he goes, there's five bucks in it for you if you stop. So the guy stops. <laughs> and he drapes the flag he coincidentally found in the bathroom on the coffin. And they're like, oh, this guy's escorting a, you know, fallen hero, you know, like they just, he gets away. It, this is actually funny because he doesn't know military. So he's going, <laughs> you know, when he's doing the salutes and stuff. That's <laughs> a, but why, why is Dennis Weaver and uh, what's her name? Like not just going up to the guy and be like, give me my coffin. Because there's $5 million in it and they got a scam going on. Everything's got to be quiet. You know, you can't go and make a big scene. This is my coffin, you know. Telephones, Bay Area hotels. 
You sure this is not Oakland? I'm. I'm. You it's tell a, me. You live there. Bay Area hotels. They're not. Doesn't look like Canadian phone booths. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, you could use a phone, uh, payphone. Now, the guy on the left, you don't recognize him because he's usually bald in movies. But he he doesn't do a good job in this movie. But he's been in a million things. Right. Uh, let's see, more than 200 films and TV episodes, career of 40 years. I can't say one thing in here you'd go, oh, that guy, because he's always the thug, the character actor. Like, okay, he was in The Longest Yard, but I'm sure he was just one of the football dudes. He was in The French Connection, too. I'm sure he was one of the cops or one of the mobsters, you know? Right. He was in Wagons East. Amrail. Right. Now, the Silver Streak in 1976, right, which was before this, was called Am Road. And the internet thinks they were trying to not, you know. Well, they can't I, say, you know, it's strange. I, I'm pretty sure it was the only train company in town in the 80s, you know. They saw the Monopoly. What? Amway? Well, <laughs> uh, uh, not Amway. Yeah. The the rails. Amway. Yeah. Yeah. I can't listen, it's not a pyramid scheme. That's yesteryear. Amway is no, a, not Amway. Amtrak. American I am track. Yeah. It's for, for American tractor. Oh. Tractor. Oh. You learn something new that you already knew every day. Yeah, see? And the DC stands for District of Columbia. Oh! Ooh, I, oh. I just learned that again. Something I already know. <laughs> so is he hanging out with a conductor? Yeah, and the joke is, like, you know, he's like, I'm escorting this, get my dead friend or this fallen hero. But the joke is that, like, he's the world's oldest train conductor and and and, you know, the president made him a promise that he could, and he's saying like, well, I could tell you all the presidents if you go back, and he gets the president's names wrong. It's it's not very funny, but it's the shtick he does throughout the film. All right. Oh, so he's a regular. Yeah, he will be a player. We're in Act 2 now, and we're meeting our B characters that will support his plot, his, you know. And did did you like this movie? Was this a romp that you embraced? No. This movie, no. It. I'm trying to, no. Let's, let's talk about our favorite train movies, right? You mentioned Silver Street. No, but this isn't a really a train movie. A bunch oh. of it takes place on a train, but that's not where it starts or ends. Oh, the interesting. The whole three will be off the train. Oh, all right. Well, I take that back. The answer is Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is a weird concept. Is that the one where it's like a, a totalitarian train? Yeah, it was just like French comic. And uh, it kind of had the movie ending. And then it continued. And I think the illustrator passed away. But it had a very bleak resolution. And then another artist took it over and came up with a conclusion. And then came up with a prequel. That explains uh -huh. how the world came to be what it was. Yeah, I'd like to know that because it's the dumbest thing. How can the world all of a sudden have to be on a train that never stops? Well, eco-terrorists are fucking with the uh, climate control and 
they're going to try to obliviate the uh, the world for so nature can resume is their radical disposition. Meanwhile, this kind of Bill Gates character uh, creates a train and he gives out golden tickets. But by the time he gets to all the cities, it's just a mob of people trying to get on these trains. Uh-huh. There he had the rich people on there. And then all the poor people will just kind of shove themselves in the back. And then the train goes off. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, Beverly D'Angelo. We like her. She is maybe something nice about this film, but it's just not good enough to make it to save the film. But she's the best character in it. Right. Here we have a joke. It's the guy, you know, the woman in the bathtub with the chief of police, you know, and it's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, right. I couldn't believe it, he said. There she is. She's going to speak to him finally. Reno. You sure it's not Bay Area? Because Reno's close to Oakland. On yeah, train. the train is now in Reno, and we are in Lethbridge, Alberta. Are they in Reno, California, or, or Reno, Nevada? Uh, Reno, California, most likely. I don't know the answer. It doesn't really matter. They're on a train no, trip. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, thinking of Lake Tahoe. That shares two states. Uh, uh, in this fictitious movie, they will go from California to Demer- Nebraska, okay? And are we in Reno, California, or Reno, Nevada? I mean... We're in Nevada. I guess. We're moving right along. In search of good times and good friends. Together we'll nab it. Something silly, rabbit. Right. Tricks are for kids, silly rabbit. Moving right along in search of. We'll hitchhike bus and yellow cab it. Why am I singing that stupid song? I'm ripping it now. Okay, now, as you know, the coffin got away from the widow and the chauffeur, okay? The bad, our bad guys. So, He's saying, like, if you get on this train, oh, uh, you're a dead man to him, you know? And, okay, he goes, look, that's the FBI. I got you a private plane in Reno. You've got to, you know, meet me in Ogden, Utah. Gotcha. And she's, like, still, like, come on, darling, <laughs> you know? That shtick will go away, but that's currently their shtick. She wants to be romantic, and he's all business. Right. Get on the train. No. Okay, yeah, now Beverly D'Angelo and Michael O'Keefe meet, and they will be together for the rest of the film. What now, a gentleman. She is saying faggot and retard over and over and over. Really? Yes. Well, I was wondering why this movie was rated G. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and put up the sound? Just so you can stop the sound as soon as we hear a faggot or a retard. Hi. Good for you. Oh, sit, sit. Sit, sit, doggy. I think he made that part up just so you can say those words. 
Oh, really? You turn the sound off? Turn it up till she says faggot. Ooh. Why is she staring at us then? All right, what's up? You want to stare? You want to stare at me? You want to stare at me? <laughs> Look at her go. She's drunk. She's not. She's just the kook. But the only refreshing thing about this movie is that she's a free spirit. You turn the sound off again. Well, did she, she hasn't said anything. All right, I'll put it back. Of course, so then you try to find one for me. What kind of a retard do you think I am? Oh, she said it. She said retard. You can turn it off. Just cigarette. All right, let's see if she says the F word. Oh, smoke. F bomb. Well, the next time she'll say it is when she learns about the coffin in the back. Let's calm down. I think she's gargling. Yeah. What she do, they're showing us she's outrageous. She's a crazy woman. She's outrageous. She's and like gonna, Barbara Streisand and What's Up, Doc? Where she's like, hey, Ryan O'Neill, what's up, Doc? Right. Now we're going, you know, we'll learn that she's going through a divorce and we'll learn that she's a Hollywood actress. And earlier this year, she was on an episode of Mod Squad. Wow. Oh, so it's a Hollywood. Now she's learning about the coffin in the back. And she's like, you idiot, you did that on purpose to make me feel like a jerk. Oh, he's he revealed that it's actually just uh, a way to get on a train. Uh, you know, she's like my buddy. He's like my buddy's in the back, and she goes, "Is he a faggot too?" And he goes, "No, he's dead. He's uh, he's in a coffin. I'm transporting him home for." And she goes, "You did that to make me feel bad." Look, she's reading the cliff notes to the script, right? Because she's not going to read the whole thing. Hmm. Act three, scene one. Party. Oh, these guys can't take it. Oh, that's right. She's so that's obnoxious. Not... Oh, that's pretty convenient. I haven't, have you ridden the train since the pandemic? Uh, no, I guess not. Interesting. I went to the movies. Uh-huh. That's yeah. brave. I saw No Time to Die. Uh, yeah, you have no time to die. Listen, it's a 90% survival rate. It is uh, the flu. Okay. People who get it, they like, I felt a little achy. I mean, you sure you could die? But you're probably not going to bite. I chew. It's a three-hour movie, and I had a pee, so I'm in the I'm in peeing. I got my mask on, and I look, and the guy down the aisle is like his mask is off, and then I go wash my hands, and there's a guy brushing his teeth. <laughs> you were fucking in germ hell, right? Brushing his teeth at the at multiplex. Remember the guy walked past you and coughed or sneezed or something, and you were on. Yeah, that was a rough day. That weeks. was a bad day. That ruined my week. The next two weeks, I was worried about that. Yeah. It was three people, unmasked, walking side by side, taking up the entire dirt road, uh, dirt path. And then when I walked around them, the guy started to cough. That was a close one. 
you know, that was like during the beginning of the pandemic. I was wearing like cloth handkerchiefs, mm -hmm. you know, like bandanas and shit. Before you learned about the whatever, yes. you know, I forget the no. I would, if it was weeks ago, I would be able to tell you the the name of the mask. Okay, now she's like, you weren't lying. You were telling the truth. And she's going to sort of cry or whatever. And it's right. going to turn into consoling. And then that's going to turn into romance. Wow. Are they going to do it on top of the coffin? That would be a great scene. But unfortunately, I didn't direct this. Now, the guy who directed this, like, he's no slouch. He really no, has no chops. Yeah. I was just saying, Richard Lester, I mean, he directed Superman 1, his version of Superman 2 is theatrically released, Superman 3, which he did before this, the Beatles I movies. I right. don't think he did one, no. I think he just did two and oh, three. Right. No, he did two and three. Right. No, but then, what made him big was England. Even though he's an American, he got his chops in England, but any, it was too, okay, like, Okay, in 1950, he was like a stagehand. Then he became, became the floor manager and then the assistant director and then the director. And that became in less than a year. Nobody else around knew how to be a director. He, he just got sucked up into it. A variety show he did, like Peter Sellers saw it. And so he tried to make The Goon Show, the radio thing, a television show. And, and it was Dick Lester. He had to do it. Right. So he so was he, big in English TV. He did lots of shows in English TV. Well, I, I've seen The Knack, which is kind of like the 60s youth movie. And then uh, and How to Get It, yeah. Yeah, and How to Get It. And, uh, you know, A Hard Day's Night and uh, Help were two great movies. Yeah, you see, he... Do you he, remember The Three Musketeers followed by The Four Musketeers during the 70s? Okay, well, after this movie, he'd take a break and then who go on to do the Three Musketeers, and then I think it was over for him. Well, no, no, he did, like, the return of the Three Musketeers, but in his heyday, in, like, oh. 73, he did a Three Musketeers movie, which they just extended and made a second part, uh, and it was called The Fourth Musketeers. Mm -hmm. I think then, I remember that as a kid. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was one of those 70s uh, anomalies that... Most likely remember when you're young. Yeah. Okay, he made this movie, like, right after the English TV stuff called The Running, Jumping, and Standing Still. That's what it was called, film. The Running, Jumping, and Standing Still film. But it was like a favorite of John Lennon. John Lennon really liked it. And when the Beatles got, like, a list of people who could direct Hard Day's Night, he saw right. that name. And he says, oh, what's me this going on, it does. Now, Becca, what are the Beatles? The Beatles are, it's like the most common form of insect. Oh. And they're not hive-driven. They're like rogues, you know? Um, hey, the FBI guy is in like, the storage area, but I don't see the coffin. That's right. He, he is on the case of the 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 thievery of the five million dollars. Okay, that's what he's there about. He doesn't really know about the coffin or the story. With, that he doesn't know that that's how they're sneaking the money. He doesn't know that 
this guy conned his way into using that to get on the train and, you know, get far away from roller girls. I know, what a weird predicament. I got to flee Oakland by train. The roller derby's after me. So this Michael O'Keefe, I don't know, somehow he became... I'm really not sure what it is, but he says there's a suspect on the train. Now, what could it be except for the chauffeur, right? Who could it be? So now he's going to interview him, and we have attempted hilarity at, like, you know, comedy of errors in their conversation. Do you know this woman? No. You didn't even look at the picture. Well, I was only in the bathtub with her. Right. You don't think, then this is like, I mean, like, this is like the comedy scenes I like. There's a situation in, in a conflict and people go up against it. Now he says, do you know this woman? And that's the woman who's pretending to be the widow, but she doesn't, he doesn't know her. Right. He slept with the, the police chief's wife. Yeah, or, or they did something conjugal. I don't know that it was sex, but yes. But she she blew him with the tub water running or whatever. Yeah, I, I think that was just a joke because it would probably be impossible. Yeah, that's in Gimme an F too, the uh, cheerleader movie. They're in a hot tub and these women pop their heads out of and And that happened in Back to America. No, back oh, oh, to coming, come, coming to America. Coming to America. Uh, what else? Uh, Easy Money? Was there a bit like that? No, so last Beverly D'Angelo is like, why did you lie to that FBI guy about your name? And she's like, you sure you want to get involved? And she goes, involved? Where have you been? You know, because they've been making out stuff. Is this a piano bar? So yeah, it's a piano bar on the on the. It's like a Wurlitzer on the. Tray, you know, they converted the food car into a bar for the movie. You see, this brain buffs know this film, so a bunch of the sites that I found tells me all about what the train is. Well, you've been on the Amtrak train, Boston to New Jersey. You know, there's yeah. a, a observation. Uh, there's a first class, and there's observation. There's general seating. There's like little hotel rooms for you know. My father served under general seating in Vietnam. Huh. Two tours of duty. Wait, your father? Yes, he did. He served under general general section. What did you call the seating? General what? Electric. (laughs) Yes, he served under general electric in Vietnam. Okay, so I just want to let you know because you brought it up. This is... uh, there's a manufacturer called Bud. They make trains. So it's a Bud-built pocket steamliner of ex-Canadian Pacific cars pulled oh. by a couple of former Canadian National GMD FP9A diesels. Well, I'll be. This is all Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, this whole thing is in Canada. Um, it the car, the train has seven cars. Two of them are domes. That's the sort of observational thing, like you were talking about. Right. Um. Anyway, there's a lot of train sites that give a shit about this movie, just like a lot of uh, bowling sites cared about that other one we saw. 
Oh, if I was into Canadian trains, this movie would be like such a pleasurable experience. Michael O'Keefe was the star of that film too. No, no, who was it? Which one, Snowpiercer? No, it was Rocky for bowling, and we saw it. Dreamer? Oh, that was Tim, Tim Matheson. Right, 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 right. They're both as bland. Now, look, the, the bad guy told him, you don't touch the cargo. Or So he was in the car, and he goes, wait a minute. He called it cargo, not a body. He called it cargo. Right. So he's like, what? He goes and checks it out, and he finds the money. And she found a photo of the heiress. Right. So what she thinks is Michael O'Keefe is really a bad guy who killed the heiress, put her in the coffin, and Beverly D'Angelo thinks she's next. So you can see it's a miss, you know, three's company mistake. Well, but that's that's your comedy scene. There's a comedy yeah. of errors. Right, right. I mean, do you prefer it if it might, and Michael O'Keefe showed up and started knocking things over? Whoops, sorry. Uh, no, I have no preference. It is a comedy of errors. <laughs> oh, it's just the guy at the bar. Oh, a misunderstanding. What a comedy of an error of a comedy. <laughs> wow, look at all that beer. Right, now, you see, it didn't get knocked over until Beverly D'Angelo goes under. Damn it. Quick, hide. Go outside. You, get out wow. of here. You again? Stop well, coming on great. to me. I've seen Beverly D'Angelo in all the vacation movies, but I don't think she's ever ridden a train. Or need a guy in the groin? Oh, just yeah, but that was off camera. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. Shaving in the public bathroom. Nice cold water from the tap. <laughs> That's his life on the road. You got to get a good lather in there. A little comedy uh, face he has, like clown face. You know, we do know her from National Lampoon's vacation movies, but she was in so much more. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's phenomenal. She's, she's probably the best things in those movies, too. Oh, I don't know. I think Vacation was just a killer film, and Chevy Chase nailed it. And yeah. she was just playing the role of supportive, uh, I don't know, she was, okay, well, let me see here. She was in Shampoo. Um, she was in American History X. She was the 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 mom. Interesting. She was in Every Which Way But Loose. Carl, uh, how many times have you seen American History X? 500 times? No, one time. Uh, that's the one with... Um, uh, yeah, and he hurt that poor man's jaw. On the he went to jail for it. That was yeah. no. I remember. I, I remember the scene in which the the blind date or the date was Jewish, and he really got up in his grill, made him uncomfortable. Um, I remember the click he was in. Then he was separated from it, and he had to come back to it. Um, why did you say I would see it 500 times? Oh, because you're a white supremacist. You know I'm a liberal, Mike, right? You know oh, I've yeah. never voted for a Republican in my life. You know my stepbrother's trans. You know my brother's gay. You know my brother, other brother's African-American. 
Uh, you know I grew up in East Orange. I do not think that I am a white supremacist. No, but I didn't know half that information. We'll have to talk afterwards. Congratulations. I did so know all of that information. Yeah, congratulations. My first love was a Jewish woman. <laughs> uh-huh. Who's, who's that, Mrs. Deathfire? No, it was Wendy Osofsky in high school. But the thing is, like, you, some guy goes, some of my best friends are black. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I was raised in an all-black community. I, Mike, I don't ever question. Look, I don't believe in this cancel culture. I think it's bullshit. That doesn't make me. Carl, I was making a joke. I okay. was listening to the movie. It, I didn't, it didn't go further than that. <laughs> well, look, she was in Annie Hall. That kicks ass. Yeah, I don't remember that. I like that movie. Uh, she was actress in Rob's TV show. So Rob, who had a TV show, I guess she was, maybe her part wasn't big. Was it Rob Snyder? Right. Uh, she was in Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. That's kind of a Rob Schneider type film. She was in The House Bunny. She's been in some dumb things. Oh, yeah. I remember her in House Bunny. That's a great movie. She got a Golden Globe for Cassie Klein in Coal Miner's Daughter. I was going to say, she's an accomplished singer. Yeah. Yeah. She was in Hair. Oh, yeah. She was the girlfriend in Hair, right? Really? I think so. What was her sign, Aquarius? Uh, No, she's going to shock. It was the dog. They're pretending. So she went to them and said, Michael O'Keefe, he's a murderer. He stole the money and put it in a coffin. And then she, you know, Go there, they, he tells the truth. She sees the widow outside of the train. So obviously she didn't kill and put her in a coffin if she's alive, you see? Right. So therefore, how are we going to undo what I told the FBI? Well, pretend you're a crazy person who has fit. And that's what they're doing. And it'll work. So he's pretending he's in the military, and she's pretending that she has a mental problem. Right. They deserve each other, Carl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you enjoy your little private world. Well, this is just delightful. So we're going to get off the trains, and they're on the second tier right now. That's some some heavy duty shit. This is one of the dome cars that they refer to on the train sites. This is more of a commuter train. You know what I mean? Like you would people like go to LIR and push themselves in. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But what do you know about the LIR? Oh, the LIR. Well, there's WLIR. It would stairs to be different. People call it frisky, call it frisky, but call it, you know, Frisco. And then every now and again, refer to it affectionately as, ah, just that's something that's just frisky for you. So this is not Nevada or Nebraska. This is still Canada. Right. Right now we are going to go over. Okay. We're going to go over river and the old man river bridge in Leithbridge, Alberta. And by the way, that was Vancouver's Pacific Central Station that they were pretending was Oakland. Because trains, train websites got me in the know. Well, I'm glad you said that because I did see that segment and I was killing myself. Like, 
Do they remodel? Because they they did do a renovation of the, the main uh, hub over in, in Jack London, but it didn't look like it. It kind of looked like the Greyhound for a little bit, but it just didn't look like it. You know, well, you know, it's a good. I would recommend a TV show. We're back in Sepia Land. Uh, Turner it's and a memory. Hooch. It's the memory. Oh, Turner and Hooch. The uh, oh TV yeah. Show? It takes place in San Francisco. And it's all digitally uh, edited. So they're walking in like three composites in the background. It looks nothing like any city you've seen. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Because I think he was in the Bay Area. Yeah, it might have been the suburbs. Tom Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. He lived. Oh, there we go. That's the last of this guy. Well, it's not, but yes. Now. That must have hurt. <laughs> yeah. The stuntman. This guy, he was in Death Wish 3. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, do something, Charlie. Two. Oh, you still got to do something. Do it again. Something needs to be done again, again. Death Wish 4, the crackdown. Hey, there's Century. Yep, that's Lewitt Gossett Jr. He got the message. When he was at the station, he called him and said, come help me, I'm in trouble. Oh, that's good. So they got their conman friend in on it. Right. And it's 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 not his dad. It's kind of it's not even his older brother. It's something in the middle. Like he's a teacher, but also in the same, he's he's a friend because he's also a orf an orphan. But he I mean he's like got 12 to 15 years on him, you know. Well, that's cool. So Luca, he did a uh, officer and a gentleman around this time, right? Eighty-four. Oh, good, good question. Lou Gossett Jr. So office and a gentleman. Officer and a gentleman. I don't see it here. Iron Eagle was okay. Yeah, Iron Eagle. E- Enemy Mine. We know him from that. That was 85. Yeah, 1982. Right. 1982 was Officer and a Gentleman. So this is after that, right? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he was in some good things, but he was also in some crap. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he wrote a franchise, the Iron Eagle franchise, which Iron Eagle was stupid, and he wrote it. He Iron Eagle... Iron Eagle 2, Aces, Iron Eagle 3, Iron Eagle <laughs> on the Attack, the fourth film. Oh, there's no four. They just soaked it, soaked it. You don't think fans were like, I really gotta know. I gotta know. I gotta know. What happened? No, I just need to see, see more planes, yeah. And also, <laughs> I, I think so. it I mean, there must be another reason why you're watching these movies. Like, maybe you're military and then you're doing the, the planes, the helicopters, the Iron Eagles. What are they? They're like giant. Uh, Iron Eagle was was a. They were jet fighters. They were. I I I don't. I may, maybe Iron Eagle was the name of their group or something. Look, I did see Iron Eagle, and they were jet. They were flying jets, but then I quit on it. It was uh, stupid. I never saw Iron Eagle two through four. 
Did you? Oh, no. I don't think I've seen even the first one. I know there was like a Nicolas Cage movie with, with Charlie Sheen, which is basically the same idea mm-hmm. for military planes. Maybe they go on missions. I have to see the Iron Eagles now. You do? Okay, enjoy. He was Mine's real good, good in Enemy Mine. Um, and Enemy Mine is a good one. Yeah, he started out in 1961. He was in he was in A Raisin in the Sun. That's why he got a career. Um, yeah, you know, he was in the TV version of Blazing Saddles. The TV version. That's interesting. It was called Blackheart, and uh, I think it was listed as Junior. Or, uh, and uh, the story went that to keep the rights to Blazing Saddles, Warner Brothers had to uh, come up with a TV show within the end of the year. So they cranked out episodes of a TV show. They had no intention of airing. They just did uh-huh. it to hold the credits. So the the DVD of uh, Blazing Saddles, the, I guess the Blu-ray, has the pilot. Interesting. So we know that the jerk too, right? He is in it. Wait, our friend Garrett. Yeah, our friend Garrett from the jerk too and Fridays. Oh, that guy, the um, the star of Jerk Two, right? He's in. Oh, right. okay, gotcha. He's in the TV pilot of uh, um. Well, that's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, why would you make a Blazing Saddles TV show? They had they contracted they had to by contract. Yeah, so they said like you know the rights go back to Mel uh, Brooks unless you know the studio makes a TV show by the end of the year. Oh, so Mel Brooks, yeah, he was trying to just okay, okay, interesting. And then they screwed him over. They said, "Here's your TV show. Enjoy." Right. But I don't know if they screwed him over. I don't well, think he ever used the rights. Yeah, he probably has the rights. Maybe I don't know. That's a good question. But he has the rights to Young Frankenstein, which was a Broadway play, and then the producers. And now what we're having is goodbye. Okay, the train is stopped at her stop, and she's getting in the taxi to go off to this like rehabilitation center because she's having a mental breakdown because of her divorce. But we'll get surprised when she doesn't get, the taxi actually does leave, but she goes back to the train and she's back with Sentry and Michael O'Keefe again. Now we have dogs in this. Yeah, they've got uh, like a bank. They're, you know, it's like a Brinks truck has brought a bunch of money and it's going to be transported. So they have Doberman Pinschers. Interesting. Is it? Yeah. Yes. All it's going to lead to is they need to get to the coffin and they can't because bark, bark, bark. And then it'll go away. It's, I don't know. It's like, we need something here. And so they went back pa- a couple pages and wrote in, okay, make a delivery of a Brinks truck. Okay. Okay. And then have Dobermans. Okay. Good, good, good. And that'll stop them from. That's was, so funny. They needed a plot point. Yeah. Now, when they hug goodbye and kiss, she won't let go while the car starts moving. That'll be our comedic point of this. Yeah, he he has like a, not painterly way, but it's definitely everything is storyboard. Like it's a comic book. 
Mm. You don't really need to know. Like it could be dubbed in another language, it still comes across, which is good for Lester. Well, what's he saying right now? He's saying, yeah. uh, uh huh, uh huh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's right. he saying? Okay, so he's a big man. He's the uh, world's old this train conductor, right? So he's calling President Nixon and asking them to reroute the train to Nebraska instead of New York so that they can drop off this boy at his hometown. Or he'll call Walter Cronkite. So Nixon has put in an executive order to, that's maybe not the right term, to AMRAIL to divert the train to Nebraska. So that's what they're going to do. Passengers seem to mind. That's really funny. So now they're catching up on old times kind of thing. Ooh, Grifters playing cards on train. That was that was uh, the movie The Grifters with, with uh, John Cusack. They're sort of playing with each other for fun. They are not doing card grifting. And what they'll do is he'll tell them that it's it's about a million dollars and then Lou Gossett Jr. will be go, it's five million dollars. Don't you read the news? And, you know, oh, right. he's on top. Of this research. Now, being on a train, you have to play playing cards, right? It's like a law. Yeah. When I went to uh, D.C. with my young, uh, my middle kid, I we played cards on the way. And yeah, yeah, that's right. If you get on a train, you really should bring a pack of cards. Yeah, yeah, I know. Look, he's uh, we've seen him in different states, so it looks good. Looking good, Brian. Now he was in um, Hard Time Three. No, he was in the LWAFLMOYT movie, uh, Little Miss Marker. Huh. Remember, and I criticized his acting. Like in this movie, he's doing acting. He's a character. He's got a play. But in that movie, he was just the thug who stood around and looked like a gorilla. Right. You know, they wanted Dudley Moore for this film. Warner Brothers wanted Dudley Moore. But the director and the writer were like... No, let's do an ensemble cast. So they messed up. I think that makes more sense, right? Uh-oh, I don't know. Okay. Dudley Moore might be funny on a train. If any movie Dudley Moore would have been in would have been really good. It would have been a hit. You know what I mean? It would have he would have made you laugh. He would have been in wacky situations. You know, Dudley Moore is always the way to go. What 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 movie was he in that was bad? Uh, Mickey and Maud. Mickey and Maud, refresh my memory. That was a Blake Edwards movie with him and Robert and Richard Mulligan. Maybe I didn't see it. My memories of Dudley Moore movies are always they're well, spot bedazzled, on. Bedazzled's great. And then did yeah, you say this one here, or yeah. all right for sure. Cool. Yeah, I can. Oh. Ten is funny. Ten is really good. Yeah, ten is funny. But oh. He's uh, what was that, that uh, Goldie Hawn uh, Chevy Chase movie? Seems like old times. Right, in which they were divorced and then got married. Um, no, like, he like there's a murder mystery. Like they get involved in a killing at a movie theater in San Francisco. What was it called? Uh, Good Times, Harsh Swallow, uh, Fair Play. Fair Play? 
Yeah, I think it's called Fair Play. Okay, but you didn't mention that one. You talk, You mentioned enough. Seems like old times. You called it. Yeah, that might be a different movie. Yeah, that's the one in which Chevy Chase was married to Gold 